Before we start today's episode, I would like to take a moment to tell you about a great deal being offered by my friend and master guitar instructor, Joe Elliott. Joe taught at the GIT in Hollywood for 23 years, where he was the VP of Education and has recently been working with six-time Grammy winner David Sanborn. Over the past few years, Joe developed an amazing guitar program called Fretboard Biology. If you have been listening to the Guitar Speak podcast, I'm sure you've heard me mention Fretboard Biology before. At the moment, Joe is running a special deal where you can get three months of comprehensive guitar training for only $29. So head over to Fretboard Biology using the link in the show notes to get started. Whether you are an intermediate or advanced player, it really is worth checking out. Here's a few words from Joe about the course. You're tired of wading through hundreds of random guitar videos and just want to become a better player. Fretboard Biology is your answer. Fretboard Biology is a self-paced, college-level program that will give you the right instruction, in the right amounts, and in the right order. You'll learn the same information I taught to thousands of other guitar players over 30 years of teaching in top music colleges. If you want to make real progress with your guitar playing, then sign up for a free 7-day trial at fretboardbiology.com. Hi there, you are listening to the Guitar Speak Podcast. My name is Matt Wakeling and this is the show that I produce in Sydney, Australia. The show's been running since 2016 and features deep dive interviews, roundtable discussions and gear reviews. Today I'm thrilled to have Marty Friedman back on the show. Marty was on the show in 2019, just ahead of his Australian tour at the time and we spoke about all kinds of stuff, Megadeth, working with Jason Becker, his move to Japan and his incredible solo career. That conversation inevitably turned to his relationship with Jackson Guitars and that in part is what brings us to today's episode. I caught up with Marty about what he's been doing in the last four years, how he's negotiated years of lockdowns and tricky situations for musicians. And also we talk about the Jackson Virtuoso. Now this is a brand new USA made Jackson guitar. Marty had a huge hand in the launch of this, partnering alongside guitarists like Misha Mansour from Periphery, Clint Tustin, Debbie Goff and Dave Davidson, a whole slew of modern metal players in launching this guitar. So it was a great conversation. Let's jump straight into that. Marty Friedman, welcome back to the Guitar Speak podcast. Great to be here, my friend. How are you doing? Doing well. We we last spoke, we first spoke, really, in late 2019, just before your Australian tour, which was amazing. I got to catch the Sydney show, which was super cool. And it wasn't long after that we entered into a couple of really hard years for musicians. But uh, obviously, I follow you on social media, and it looked like you kept really busy. How, how have you spent the last couple of years in these tricky times? Oh, uh, well, um. It worked out pretty positively for me, actually, because right when uh, COVID started, I had just started recording my Tokyo Jukebox album. And um, since COVID happened, a whole lot of other work that's usually a big distraction got canceled. So I was at the studio all day, every day, uh, not distracted. Um, And the great thing about COVID was all of these A-list people, A-list musicians and A-list engineers and people in the business suddenly were easy to get a hold of. Uh Everyone had lots of free time. So I was just calling my dream team of people, (laughs) engineers and uh, 
and uh, in musicians and i just had a dream dream team everybody was available and so the record just uh, was uh very easy to get done the way i wanted to get a record done and i was very focused and so the you know the covid didn't really affect me too negatively and uh, and i did two tours of japan during covid which was was is uh very uh very risky but we were very lucky and things worked out well and when things slowed down we did a tour of america this year and um things are back to normal i i was very lucky during the whole process that's great i think i saw you do some orchestral kind of stuff as well that that looked pretty cool yes that's my favorite thing to do is playing with a full orchestra and i played with the the kyoto symphony and i played with uh another symphony orchestra and it's such an ambitious project because um the music is so far out of my wheelhouse you know i did one thing where um I played Dvorak, a 25-minute piece that was written for piano, but I transposed it all to guitar, and it was really quite uh, quite an eye-opening experience, but I just love it because it makes me work so hard, and and uh, normally I'm lazy, so whenever I have to work hard, it's, it's, it's a blessing. <laughs> when you say, when you say lazy, I don't know if I believe that, is... Could I rephrase? Is it more learning another person's music, learning a different a different score than than your own original compositions? That's a different headspace. Yeah, I mean, like if I'm recording for other artists, which I do sometimes, that's very very easy because I'm pretty much just adding my thing to their thing, so to speak. So I just see the picture and see what I think is missing and add to it. But when you're playing classical music with a full orchestra you have to hit on certain important landmarks in the song many 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 and um because there's like 70 people who are waiting for your cues yeah yeah so you can't just sit there and ad lib the whole thing and so it's quite a big process I actually outlined the entire process on on uh, my facebook page for anyone who has insomnia and wants to stay up all night <laughs> trying to read it. Um, it's really quite an intense process and it just such a um, different process from my normal touring. So I just love, it's an honor to do it. That's very cool. That's fantastic. One of the great excuses uh, I have to have a conversation with you today is that uh, we're a few hours away from Jackson launching their new virtuoso model which you played a big part in the launch of or people will see that very shortly as it's launched all around the world just to back up a little bit though you've been playing jackson's for decades very famously the kelly early on in, in megadeth you're well known for and you've got your own mf1 signature model with jackson what's what's kept you with the jackson family of guitars for so long well, to complete, be completely clear and honest, it's the people. Um, you know, a lot of companies make great instruments and a lot of companies um, make very impressive products. Um, but at the end of the day, um, you have to deal with the people in the company. And as an artist, there's a lot of very strange requests that uh i might have or any artist might have and the way 
people deal with those requests and the way they treat you, it really speaks volumes. Um, Jackson was my first really major signature model, was my first uh, first signature model, actually. And I've had several others with other companies, mm -hmm. and they've all been really good. But even when I was working with other companies, the people at Jackson stayed in touch with me, and it was it was like a very unique kind of bond. Like Jackson was always my home, but I was exploring other things and they were totally cool with it. And when it came time for me to come back to Jackson, you know, we all knew it was time and it was just such a natural thing. Um, and seeing the way they've made my MF1 such a new popular guitar, mm -hmm out of just from scratch i mean like you said people knew me from the kelly so for me to come up with a new guitar and to see that guitar do as well as it has done is completely thanks to the work on the people in jackson's behalf and their uh quality of instrument making and their devotion to me as an artist to make it something that I'm proud to play. And and I can't really put this into words strong enough, but they just match me and my vision of my music and where, where I plan to take myself in with my music. And um, yeah, they've just always included me in, in their conceptualizing of what it is they want to do. And I've always included them in the same thing with my music. And it just, it just fits, you know, when, I, when I'm playing a Jackson, I feel like I'm complete. I've got my guitar taken care of. There's nothing that doesn't doesn't match what I'm trying to. Uh, this is coming off really like long winded because I'm thinking <laughs> in great. Japanese. That's I just great. did this very, very long, intense meeting. Okay. And okay. all the words are coming out in Japanese. So I have no idea what this English is sounding like to you. <laughs> But what I'm trying to say <laughs> is the the Jackson, the people and the brand fits myself as a person and myself as an artist. I hope that's clear. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I, I re-listened to our interview from 2019 before this one. And one of the things I really enjoyed about it was um, we did speak a lot about the MF1, which was cool. But hearing your story about you landing in Japan. So I, I will have the, the link for that episode in the show notes. So when Jackson approaches you, you, yeah, you've already got your signature MF1, very iconic guitar in the range now. What's your reaction to the Virtuoso? Because it is has quite a quite a lot of different construction feature sets, I guess, to to your to your signature. Uh, well, I got excited because I know that Jackson um, has a standard of quality workmanship especially in their american guitars but worldwide it's really top notch but when they started talking to me about what this virtuoso guitar was and the kind of um project that they were putting together i just got really excited about it because i knew that it was going to be a revol revolutionary landmark in the world of guitar and that's kind of a big statement but when you see this video, you'll know what I mean. I've never seen anything like this from any other company. 
um, it's such a defining moment for Jackson, I believe, because Jackson has always been the top standard of the heavy music guitar. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're playing heavy music, the top tier is Jackson. And to make a statement with five of their, I don't want to say strongest players, but five of the Jackson endorsers that have kind of really unique individual identities. Yeah, yeah. And them all on this same instrument on the same song with which completely shows each person's individuality but at the same time unifying jackson uh, i just thought it was such a big scale of a project and i really honestly can't think of any other guitar maker that has that kind of revolutionary not rebranding but just like showing you in the biggest possible way what their brand is mm -hmm. and i was just honored to be a part of it and when i heard a couple of my friends are in it um i've worked with dave davidson before and um i've uh, met misha a couple times at jackson things and always been a big admirer of his work and and just knowing that we're going to make music together yep. and it's going to be at the Jackson project. I just got really excited because I, I knew the potential of it. And I knew that it was going to be something very, very different in the scene of guitar. And um, that's what excites me. I mean, I've been in music forever. So if something is new and fresh, I get excited about by that type of thing, not something there's nothing's been done like this before. I can tell you that right now. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I just, and the instrument, you know, to me, I've never played a Jackson that I thought, well, this is not as good as some other guitar. It's the top tier. Mm -hmm. And then um, when I played it for real, when I really started to get into the instrument, I noticed a great variety of sounds that all could work well with the way I play. And it's that Jackson thing. I mean, it just screams top tier to me anyway it just screams top tier and and having a project like this literally show you what this guitar can do um from not only one person's perspective but five completely different people's perspective it's i, I believe it's revolutionary this episode is brought to you by fretboard biology comprehensive online guitar course put together by master guitar instructor Joe Elliott. I was a beta tester for the course and loved it. Players like Brett Garset and Greg Koch have also endorsed the course. And right now Joe is offering a great deal on the course. Check out the link in the show notes for Fretboard Biology. I was lucky enough to be on a press roundtable a couple of weeks ago and we got a sneak preview. It was just a little part of the video. Yeah, what you, you are alluding to, though, is, yeah, there's been a piece of music composed and performed. It's not just, I mean, Jackson could have got any one of you to just noodle and shred on the guitar and would have been fantastic. But, yeah, it's part of a musical uh, project. Misha Mansour has been named as the, the music director. Can you tell me about working alongside him and and how your involvement slotted into that. Yeah, um, the thing about Misha is um, 
he's just a natural um a natural with his own music and his own talents and abilities um when i say natural he had this project and he knew the idea of what it was and within a song that sounds very much like something misha would write he carved out sections of the song that really allow each person to have their identity be natural you know what i mean it, it's not like here's a periphery song yeah, you guys yeah. all play on it yeah yeah he's eight bars it wasn't yeah. that yeah here's here's a section this is what everybody would sound like on a periphery song mm -hmm. um it's not that at all it's it's very unique in the way that each person's corner not only allows each identity to have its place but it all fits within the framework of a song so it's quite musical it's it's you know a lot of uh instrument companies have demos you know where you, you got a cool song to uh to demonstrate the sound of the guitars and there's often really cool riffs and mm -hmm. really impressive playing and that's cool but this is people's identities are coming out it's not like here's a really flashy lick or here's some kind of difficult lick or anything like that. It's like people's identities come across. And I think Misha really honed in on that in the song construction. And uh, I was impressed by that, you know, not a whole lot of people can do that. Most people are really good at their own thing but to create a space within their world for a, an established guy like myself, so to speak, is really not as easy as it sounds. And he just like hit a big home run with that. I loved playing on it. <laughs> it was just, cool. it was a breeze. It was a breeze. So good. Sounds like he really did his homework on each of you and what, what you would bring to the piece. Yeah. Did you hear the whole song? Not yet. No, I've heard the, uh, there was, uh, like a, a sneak preview kind of short version, which sounded incredible. Yeah, I can't wait to hear the whole thing. Yeah, it's really, a, you know, I think his attention to detail on the project kind of mirrors the attention that Jackson mm -hmm. did on this project because everybody I've come, in, come across with on the project, there's just a different air of kicking ass on this thing. <laughs> um love it and that's what kind of excited me about it and um just honored to be a part of it i was super lucky enough to um uh, i've got a loner virtuoso at the moment i took it out on a gig last weekend and uh when i when i when i first got it pulled out of the case yeah i had that maybe similar reaction to yours in that the the level of quality was unbelievable like next rung up by by a long way. Now, I played it on a, a sort of a classic rock covers gig, 78, 80s, 90s, so not metal, like ACDC kind of stuff. And even then, it was super cool. The tones were super usable in that genre. Great. So that means that you just might be the very first person on earth to play the Virtuoso live. Maybe. That would be okay. <laughs> I think that's, that's what I'm getting from this. That's pretty cool. No, no punters came up to me afterwards and, and noted that. So interesting. Oh, that's great. That's great. Faster than any of us in the video. Wow, there you go. That's cool. But Marty, you have said that 
rock and pop music in Japan is very open to heavy guitars. Can can you speak into that a little bit, and perhaps can you tie it into some of the instruments you'll you'll use in that sort of music? Well, the, to your question, um, uh, I've been here doing exactly what you said, injecting my own sound in Japanese music for quite some time, and I think. The reason for that is Japanese have stringed instruments in their traditional music history going way back to the shamisen, which is that instrument with three strings that you often see in artwork of a geisha playing. You know, it's got a like kind of a box type of body Mm -hmm. with three strings and big tuning pegs. Yeah, yeah. Um, So people all ages, even the very oldest people are used to the kind of plucking loudly aggressive playing of a stringed instrument whereas in america well rock has been around for a long time but like when i was a kid people from my parents generation just thought the sound of a strummed guitar or a plucked guitar was it was like lucifer or something (laughs) is they just couldn't bear it They couldn't bear it, but the Japanese people are very used to it for generations and generations. So when you put something like a heavy distorted electric guitar in pop music or dance music or rock music or funk music, it nobody blinks an eye and rather they really enjoy it in there because it's part of their culture. And um, so I've done so much work in like pop acts like for example momoito clover where um i played guitar work that could have been on one of my records very intense guitar work but their music is like extremely poppy and um very you know it's four girls singing and dancing in formation and um it's just ultimate very sweet candy like pop music but I'm playing this full-on metal, sonically metal, but the content is very melodic and it's very much the type of melodies that I would do. And um, it's that clashing, contrasting thing that I really gets me excited about music. I mean, traditional metal is fine, but when you can do something new, that's kind of like off limits, you know? When I grew up, pop music did not allow that kind of, cross collaboration sure. you know and yeah. um yeah i i love doing that so um i've done a lot of projects here and tours with that type of thing in mind you know my sound kind of invading this kind of pop music where it shouldn't be there but now all these pop people without even knowing without even knowing it they're listening to full-on metal uh-huh. and loving it <laughs> so um it's kind of like being a double agent so to speak yeah yeah very cool have you ever had the opposite experience given that you are doing a lot of different work in japan have you ever had to adjust your approach to bring something uh different have you ever been required to bend yourself a bit further oh all the all all the time all the time it really depends i mean uh with my own music i'm the producer so anything goes but oftentimes if i do work for say a major artist like moment or clover or some other artists there's basically two different kinds of producers one kind is just like we got you here because you're marty 
do whatever the hell you want uh-huh, uh-huh. and just feel it and go your way. And then there's the other kind of producer that they're like, we got you here because you're Marty and because you could probably do anything. Okay. okay. <laughs> and nice. then they have specific things that they want me to do. And uh, either way is absolutely fine. But a lot of people think that I'm just so well-rounded and I can do anything in any genre and um, I can fake it in a lot of ways, but it kind of always sounds like me, whatever I'm doing. Um, but the, basically, um, they want my taste on the music, but sometimes producers have a very specific um, requirements of what they want. And sometimes I have to adjust really fast. It's like, wow, I've never played like this before. Um, but I love those challenges. One one time was um, a producer named Revo um, had me doing a song for a Sailor Moon soundtrack. And every single note was already kind of in this producer's mind. Mm-hmm. So I would do something and he'd have me adjust each little detail of it and it was quite difficult for me to play but i really enjoyed watching someone who is that clear with his vision on what he wanted the music to be so i admired that at the same time i'm like wow this is a pain in the ass (laughs) so um yeah i love those experiences sure and has have any of those experiences informed your own composition or musicianship It just makes you better. Um, You know, a lot of times, you know, when people say, we just want you to do what, be Marty in there, do you. I love that, but that's easy. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's it's easy. And sometimes it's the best because that's what I do best. But as far as me from anything gaining from the experience, I think I'm going to gain more when the producer has ideas that aren't necessarily the ideas that I would have come up with, you know, so I definitely gain more being in a more difficult situation. So I like those for that reason. Very cool. Very cool. Well, Marty, thank you so much for your time today. It's been great having you on the show once again, and I can't wait for the full Jackson Virtuoso release to hit all the uh all the outlets so people can check out this uh, amazing guitar in this really cool musical project that you are part of so thank you so much marty thank you so much i cannot wait to get back to australia one of my favorite places in the world and uh hopefully we'll chat again and maybe jam maybe maybe i'll I'll, uh, I'll get practicing there <laughs> thanks so much marty thank you take care There you go, Marty Friedman on the Guitar Speak podcast. So good to have him on the show. Hey, please look out in the show notes. I've got a link to the original interview I had with Marty back in 2019. That is fascinating. And also there's a link to the Jackson video of the promo for the Virtuoso. That video is killer. Just after we finished the interview, Fender kindly sent me the the video which had just been released and um, it's incredible with all five players wailing on the Virtuoso. Now, as was mentioned in the interview, I do have a Virtuoso uh, on loan from the very, very nice people at Fender Australia, and there'll be a review coming up for that very shortly. And if Marty's uh, conclusion that I could have been the first person in the world to play one on a live stage, the irony of a non-Virtuoso rocking a Virtuoso on a stage before anyone else did is... uh, 
that that irony looms large. Let's just say that. They've certainly got some boomer bends in, rocking some 70s and 80s rock. So it does that stuff. Let me uh, let me tell you that up front. I've since seen videos of Debbie Goff rocking it at um at some Harriet gigs in the UK. So the guitar's obviously metal approved. But stay tuned for my review coming up soon as well. Hey, my thanks to Fretboard Biology. Please check out the links in the show notes, especially for the special deal going on at the moment. Three months of world-class guitar tuition for only $29. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. I love it that people all around the world are checking out this show. If you're enjoying it, please share it with your friends, however you do that kind of stuff. And of course, we always like to leave you with the words of wisdom from Michael Schenker, who told us way back in episode number 150. Keep rocking, keep on rocking. Keep on rocking indeed. I'll catch you next time. Bye now.